0: Yeah, Miss Rusty. It is Monday morning here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN. And I am here today. I have a very special guest from living in Cambodia. We're going all the way across the world. We're going, I think, 11 hour difference here. Uh, 8 o'clock yeah so 11 hours ahead in the future so i have a person from the future here so uh right here right now maricla yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah uh,
1: yes. <laughs>
0: i had it and then it got harder it got harder to do as soon as i started reading it my my eyes stopped working with my mind and um <laughs> you know one one of those days i guess um, so how are you doing today i'm fine how are you um good good i'm not i'm doing all right just um, moving around keeping keeping the day moving keeping my body moving and you know uh, whatever else people do now um, so let's see so i guess first off how did you well, what, what, OK, what was the day where you said, I'm going to move to Cambodia? What happened yeah. there? How did that happen?
1: No, I didn't plan. I just came here on July last year just to visit the country, because I was always very fascinated by the country and also by its history, because in Italy, I'm originally from Italy. And in school, I haven't been told anything about like the Cambodian genocide, and I wanted to understand it better. So I said once the COVID thing got more relaxed and we could come in the country again, I decided to visit. And uh, it was July. As I said then I spent one month in Thailand, which I didn't like. I think it's a bit fake, too fake for <laughs> me. Like the people. What,
0: yeah. What? Is, the people are fake there.
1: Yeah. Someone From said you- Thailand is the land of the fake smile. Someone said, and I think is right. Yeah. Okay. Because it, Yeah, people, at least this is my impression as well, perception as well, and uh, yeah, here people are very genuine, very open, and I think in Thailand being, I don't know, more touristic or anything, it's different, but I spent the whole month of August there, and then like about uh, 15 days in Vietnam in November, and the rest of the time in Cambodia, and at the end of the last year, I decided I really like the country, I like the people. Of course, the cost of living here is low com- compared to, to Europe, Italy, and I guess also the United States. And um, I decided to move here because I am a writer. So as long as I have my computer with me, I can work. So I say, why yeah. not?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a great great deal. Um yeah, we have something kind of like that here. There are some places here in the States where it's yeah, the the fake smile, and uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to. Judge what's going on right there with how you know what their what their intentions are and what they're thinking it's it's nice being able to just kind of shoot straight and understand where everyone stands you know right off the bat it's it's uh, a mm-hmm. lot easier but um so you you went on vacation for a while and you just ended up not going home basically yeah. Well, great
1: yeah uh, no, because I, uh, oh, truth to be told, I've never liked Italy. I think Italy has a good weather, very, very beautiful country to speak about, like Rome, before move, before coming to Cambodia, I spent six months in Rome, and I'm originally from a small village in Tuscany, so it was like walking in, in an open-air museum. Rome is, I think, one of the most beautiful cities in the world, and the food, of course, you cannot compare to any other food in the world. I think Italian food, you cannot touch that, but Italy, especially now, especially lately, has many, many, many problems, there are no opportunities, it's a very small-minded country, of course, there are people who are exception, but they are exceptions, most of the people, you know, it's a very small-minded country, there are no opportunities, so uh, since I was young, I always knew that I wanted to travel, and uh, to find my home. I knew that Italy is not my home, it's just the country where I was born. And I always encourage people if they think they feel the same way to go out there and explore. Because like they say, we are not trees, we don't have to stay in the place we are we were born. You know, we can move around. So I think we must take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, I I'm very much agreeing with you in that one. Um yeah I I mean I stayed put for a long time but I mean I've kind of gone all over. I'm I'm on the up like complete opposite side of the country as the rest of my family so um but i I haven't i'm not on the other side of the the world i uh so another thing i was going to ask you so i'm sorry to interrupt um so when you went to cambodia and started going to these countries did you feel like you stood out at all not being a a local did you feel like how you looked or like how you acted or
1: no, no, because uh, uh, I have been following like people who traveled to Cambodia and uh, spent some time in Cambodia, like travel blog and stuff for many years. So like uh, some places were familiar to me, like uh, the names of some cities. And I had, you know, an idea about like the county. I always say if I went to Laos, I don't know anything about Laos. So I wouldn't be so sure, but this is, wasn't such a big surprise because I was a teenager when I, was, I started following people who were in love with Cambodia watching their videos and stuff and learning about the genocide, learning about the problems like the landmines, so I wasn't sh- shocked. Of course, when you see something so like the genocide, the, like the killing fields and stuff, of course, if you see them in person, it has an impact that, that it's not the same if you watch a video, of course, but I was kind of expecting that it wasn't like a, a big surprise, you know, everything. So. Then uh, I really think uh, when I'm here, I don't want to leave. If I think like now in May, I booked like uh, one week in Kuala Lumpur because there was a cheap deal with the AirAsia. So say, okay, I'm going to go to a modern city. Yeah, but then I want to come back. I think one week is enough away from Cambodia. For me now, I really love the country. I love the people. Like the life here is very simple. And I think also like the average person that in the Western world, I don't know, it's not rich, maybe like, I don't know, the like better or a student or the average person here, you can enjoy life. If you're careful with your money, you don't drink in pub street every night. Um, <laughs> so there are many positive points. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so when you're talking about like the mass killing, was that like, is that pull Pot? Is that what that mm. was? What, and, okay. Mm. And so, I mean, is that one of those things that, you know, Like people aren't in the country, you know, talking about like when I when I went to China, uh, you know, you bring up something about you know Mao's ending or uh, I think I might be saying that wrong, but Mao, uh, you know, and uh, you know Tiananmen Square and stuff of that nature, you know, like it was, you know, I don't know, it was not really something they talk about, and people had a, a much different view than, you know, what what I was taught. Um, you know growing up in in the in the states uh, and then you know doing re- some re- research on my own from you know uh, from other places of the world that you know have a different view of how things transpire there with that but um, so I mean are you talking with people about that Do you you know go up to people and say uh, no. you know what what were you doing during the
1: I don't go up to people and ask because I think it's a very, very sensitive thing. I know I've seen people like tourists go in there, like, I don't know, to a guy or to the tour guide and ask, oh, well, your parents were killed during the genocide, like we were in the temples, you know, I think it's traumatic for a person to be asked that something like that out of the blue, yeah. so I don't do it because I don't like it. But the top uh, experience for me has been uh, meeting uh, Longoong, I hope I pronounced it right, is the woman, the author of the book, First to Kill My Father, which is also a movie on Netflix. I don't know if you heard about it. It's called what? Uh, First to Kill My Father. The book. Oh, I heard about it. Yeah, it's also a movie. Now I you to watch the movie. It's a, a movie on Netflix. And I think she's, I think the most famous survivor of the Khmer Rouge uh, genocide and she was like five years old when uh, everything started so you imagine being five years old and having to go through everything and uh, so it was really an honor to talk with her and listen to her story it was like a private event so it was very intimate and she talked about her experience now she lives in America and stuff I suggest to you and to everyone else who's listening and watching to check her out because I think she's a real Inspiration so and uh, the things she said, I think they are remarkable and I think she's a remarkable woman and at the same time all the people I've met who have been through this because if you think about it, it wasn't too much time ago, now I try to say the years in English like 1975, 1979 okay. So if you think about it, the people here who are older than uh, 47, 48 years old, everybody's been involved in one one way or another in the genocide. So you go to buy, I don't know, a bottle of water in the stall and there is an older lady serving you, you know that this woman is a survivor. It's just an average woman selling, you know, stuff on the street, but she's a survivor. Or she's, because they think that it's really interesting to me is like also the people who commit the crimes, because many of them, I've um, watched the different like uh, documentaries and also talking with some people. Some of them, they still seem convinced that uh, Ankar, which was their big organization, couldn't be wrong. So if Anghar, like put in jail your father, it couldn't be wrong. And if he told you, kill your father, because he's an enemy, you did it. Because you were so brainwashed that you actually believe Ankar couldn't be wrong. And there are still some ex guards and, and other people that they still seem convinced about it. So I think it's something to think about also like how we can get brainwashed also nowadays in a different way maybe. And then yeah. it leads like to, to bullying and also like to war and to everything, but it starts from being brainwashed, being, believing that someone, some lives are more important than the others, I think. So it's a a complex, I think it's a complex thing more than when you, I don't know, just watch a movie or just read a book or a video stuff. If you really go deep, I think uh, you have to struggle a lot to try to understand
0: it because it's, yeah. So then, yeah, are are you coming up on people that are both, have both views on it? So you keep coming up on people that were, Like you were saying, like the the criminals. Are are you encountering anybody with that? No, Uh, I wanted because that would
1: be really interesting, I think, but no, uh, I I haven't also because it's not like you go out and ask people. Maybe I have, but I don't know that I did that they did, it's not something you ask. I know there is a city that I think it's the city where Popot lived or died, I don't remember, but it's like in the middle of nowhere, it's not like a place you go. You, I don't have my private transport. It's not so easy, of course, because it's not something people really, at least this is my impression. Yeah, uh, yeah no, but uh, yeah. I would like a b- bought a book uh, in the Batambang killing field, which focus uh, on the testimonies of um, the people who were like uh, in the guards, uh, the guards were in the prison and stuff who killed or tortured. And they try to understand and to tell the story. And the question is, are they are they evil people or not? Because they've been forced by someone like the leader. They've been told yeah. you have to do this or you get killed, but you still have a minimum of free will. How do you kill a person? Do you leave it like uh, standing there and dying bloodless or you kill him and it doesn't suffer? So you still yeah. have a choice. So I think it's a very complex theme, also because uh, it allows us to... Study like uh, human behavior, human mind, and human morality, I think, yeah
0: so so then, with uh, with all of this you know experience that you've been having around here, how much of that has gone into your writing? Uh, yeah. The funny thing is I haven't uh,
1: written anything about Cambodia yet because I don't know what to write yet because it's so complex and I haven't come to a a solution to any idea, nothing genius that it's worth writing. So at the moment uh, I'm working on uh, two books for young people in English with an American woman, a professional editor that I met here in Cambodia. She's helping me with, of course, like a bit of uh, grammar mistakes and anything because I've written the books in English, so it's not a translation. So I'm very proud of that. But of course, um, there are some things that need to be fixed. And uh, I just started sending the first one to the publisher like two days ago. And I hope someone someone will pick it, but I'm very determined, like, you know, the JK Rowling story, you know? A thousand no until you get the yes, so you have to persevere, I guess, and uh, these are books about humanitarian things like this one, it's a friendship between a girl from California uh, that has to write letters to a girl in Afghanistan for a summer assignment from school. So they get to know each other, and of course it's a way to encourage young people, but not only uh, to be to get them self-educated about what goes on in the world, to care about other people, and also to see that these people we see maybe on the news or on Facebook as we scroll, and we see, oh, donate for this, for that, but these are real people. I think this is really important to, to remember, and um, so... Yeah, but nothing. Um. Yeah, I just posted like on Facebook, like uh, what do, what I do, my impression and stuff about Cambodia, but not a book yet because I think it's a special country, this for me, and I want to do it properly, and I'm not there yet. So.
0: Okay, and so when you were a kid, did you do the? Did you have uh, to? in school you know write letters to someone in another country did was that something you did or how did you come up with no. with that i feel like i had to do no, that no, but I... then the person never wrote back
1: ah yeah i had the pen pals, but when i was a teenager but not through school just because i enjoyed so yeah i don't even remember how i found them i think there were newspapers with address and stuff so yeah. wait so who were you writing letters to yeah, I had quite a lot of pimples when I was a teenager, mostly from other countries because I wanted to learn more and stuff, mostly from Europe and someone from America.
0: Yeah. What, uh, so did you end up meeting any of these people in real life then?
1: Yeah. Yes. Huh? Because, yeah, because my sister, she had her own penpoles too, and we organized it during the summer for a couple of years, like we called the, the temple uh, celebration or something like that. We had quite a big house. And so we hosted a few of them, like they were sleeping in the guest rooms and stuff. And uh, yeah, and I remember one year, uh, a guy that was a the friend of my sister, he came from France with his car, with the, like the girlfriend and the two friends. So we had the people from Italy, Netherlands, and the friends, and we spent time together. And it was nice, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that was but great.
1: Yeah, I lost contact later with them because of course, then life goes on and you you usually lose contact, but it's
0: been nice. Do you still write letters to anyone? Or are you, (laughs) when was the last time you wrote a letter? What was the last letter that you wrote to somebody?
1: I don't remember. I I had like, uh, here in Cambodia, before I came here, I had like two temples I can call, but they are two teenagers through an NGO. So you can be like a mentor and there is of course something like a chaperone from the NGO who checks like uh, the email and uh, they live in the capital, Nompen. So when I arrived here, I went to meet them and I met them uh, three times already. So we have been like to see some places in Phnom One day we have been uh, to a place where you can have games because they are like 14 and 16. So they want to play and stuff and we write letters regularly and uh, when I can I go to the to The capital, and I
0: meet them, so yeah, that sounds like a pretty good time right there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so then, uh, so you wrote the, these two children's books now. Did you write any other books before that, or, written, what were you, or what were you writing before? Sorry, I
1: yeah, no, no, yeah, in Italian, I've written books in Italian, always about uh, humanitarian things. Also in Italy, like I had uh, an organization which has set up for children with cancer, teenagers with cancer. So I wrote the books like about that and also with them and with the parents who lost their children because of cancer. So like I had my niche, I can say, like the people who are following the NGO and they bought the books and stuff. And uh, yes, but if you go on Goodreads, put my name, you see like the reviews and stuff and the uh, people like them. So I'm happy. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, yeah, that's good. Then, so then, did, what was it that? Uh, I mean, what's your favorite thing to write? Do you, do you enjoy writing books more, or do you enjoy, you know, writing a pen pal, a letter to a pen pal, or do you enjoy writing, you know, um, just free writing about whatever? What was kind of your favorite way to write? Your favorite thing to write.
1: I think I love words. No. And I don't think I have it. I think I love words in general, especially maybe because I am from Italy and as I said before, I'm not a fan of Italy, but I think Italian is one of the most beautiful languages in the world. I think it's very complex and very, very beautiful, like the words. And uh, so, yeah, I really like them and it doesn't matter if it's like an article. Of course, when I write a book about something I really care about, it's different than when I write an article for someone else to be paid, to be told. (laughs) Of course it's different, but still I like it because I can learn something new because I can still play with words. So I really, I was seven years old and I asked to like uh, Santa Claus, don't bring me clothes, don't bring me uh, toys, bring me books, bring me (laughs) notes. So it's something that I, I really like.
0: Just always been about it just always wanted to yeah. to write and read and yeah, yeah be able to um make a living out of that which is not simple <laughs> no it's not and I mean so do you ever have a any times where it's uh the pay is really good but at, it's something you don't want to write about or something that you've you
1: know he's be... really good I still have to see it's <laughs> is, is okay we can save and uh, no I'm very lucky because I have just two clients now and they are friends they're really 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 good persons good people so I'm already lucky because of that and uh, yeah I don't accept especially now because I also want to focus like as I said uh, on publishing uh, on the i um, for america and also other english speaking countries so i want to focus much on that and so i keep these two clients and i i don't accept things that i really don't like or really don't understand like it happened that i had to write about financial things once it's like writing in i don't know arabic
0: (laughs) yeah i couldn't understand anything so i said okay no yeah and that's it so then uh so when when you're writing something, do you have do you have uh, right now? Like if you have an idea that comes to you, you're out you're out walking around in Cambodia. You have an idea that comes to you. Are you do you have a do you have a notebook uh, to write in? Do you have a, a big legal pad? Do you put it on your phone? Do you have a computer? How what, how do you yeah. get your first ideas down?
1: Now I now I, I am not looking for ideas. I mean, I have ideas. but now, as I said, I want to focus on these two books and also working on you write a book, then you add it a thousand times, then you have to send it to, to I don't know how many publishers, which takes, I don't know because every publisher has its own guidelines. So you have to do that every single time. And plus, I write for other people, so uh, now I'm not looking for new ideas. I have books in my mind, but I think that since it takes so much effort, I only want to go through stories that I really think deserve to be told. And uh, you know, it's hard. So if it's not worth it, I don't do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, totally understandable there. So then, uh, when you're okay, so when you're writing, then are you? Writing with, uh, do you write it out first on a on a you know paper, or do you type it up, or what do you when you go, or do you have a typewriter, or a computer? Computer, <laughs> just computer, yeah. right to it. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, you ever you ever get stuck anytime? You ever like, or is it you just go really smoothly, or you ever get you? Now, I don't like using like I don't like using the word writer's block. But is that ever, you know, like where you are really no. stumped about what to write about, or you know, has that ever happened?
1: No, because no, because as I said, uh, I select so much what I want to write about that when I go to the computer to actually write it, I'm 100 percent sure that it's something I already know. Not even in my mind, but in my heart, I can say that it's worth it. I know where it's going. I cannot know the whole process, but I know the beginning and I know the end and I know, most importantly, the message I want to share. Like now, this second novel for young people I'm writing, it's about uh, many things, including uh, like self-harming. So I think it's a very, very sensitive topic and I don't know anything about self-harming, but it's something that I created through testimonies from people who have been through that so I tried to you know I have like 10 different people 10 different stories that want to create a whole story to give to my character and when I was writing that um, I didn't have a writer's block but it didn't feel right because like uh, this character went to the psychologist and uh, they said, ah, oh, you do a bit of therapy, cognitive therapy and stuff, and you get better because the people on Google say that and even some people I talked with. But it's too simple for me. So in the end, I said, okay, I'm going to cancel 100 pages. Okay, great, cancel. Wow. <laughs> and I canceled because I felt it wasn't right. When, you know, when I read it, I said, no, it's not that simple. If a 14-year-old is reading this and she's self-harming, this is too simple. So. Uh, I'm talking with people again, and I'm trying to find a better way. It's not the main topic, but it's one of the main topics of the book. And I think if you're a young person, but even an adult who goes through that, you you deserve respect, you deserve for this topic to be treated in a certain way, not to be simplified. So sometimes you have to cancel off the book. And uh, yeah, but I think uh, you own it to the people, not even because they're going to buy it, but because they're going to read them to read it. And if you're a, a young person, especially, you can really affect people. So I think you have a responsibility as a writer.
0: So are, are you, so then you're having this story that there's, that the the character isn't is not going to go to therapy and the character is just going to, go did i i might have lost you but um okay well, okay I because you, I lost oh, you're you're back uh, you yeah go. yeah because
1: i lost and i had to
0: fix uh, as i said
1: sorry sometimes the internet connection
0: drops <laughs> that's okay um so then so then she's just going to so she's going to experience more without having a way to cope with it, to be able to make herself better, uh, the character, as opposed to going to therapy. You said.
1: Yeah, yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't written until that yet, because I canceled all those pages, so I had to basically take uh, the story over and almost restart it from the beginning. And uh, because the story, also, I don't want to give too much away because you have to protect your ideas since it's not published yet, but it also uh, deals with immigration, being refugees and stuff. So there are many, many heavy topics, but still it's a young adult thing. So I think that um, it's important not to, for it to be too dark. So I have to balance everything, you know? Uh,
0: um, okay. And so uh, another thing, have you... Uh... What was your stance on the um like the uh artificial intelligence writing books or stuff of that nature um, like i I do a bunch of different I have a bunch of different creative things I do, uh, including writing um, but I see that there's a lot of AI that can do some of it better than I can. And it gets kind of frustrating. Is that ever, I mean, are you just, are you staying in your own lane or are you toying around with the the AI or, or uh, you know, is
1: there? I'm not toying around with that because I am not, uh, I don't like technology. I'm not good with technology, but I think that maybe that can be useful Useful for, I don't know if you have to write an article or stuff like that, but you cannot write a robot or whatever, cannot write a book like a human being can, I think like, um, as I said before before the interview to you, like I've been traveling, go to a refugee camp and stuff. And if you go there and if you have a heart, I'm a very empathic person and stuff. And then all the experience, all the feelings, I translate them uh, in the story that can be done by a, or or whatever, you
0: know? Sure. So then, Yeah. uh, so how much of a story um is more subcontext and and feelings as opposed to what the words are. Um like you know how, how the person how the you what you want your reader to feel like how how much uh I mean are, are you able to to get that through with the words or are you kind of putting that in there that they have to that the reader has to kind of put it together that rather than saying that um you know that that Susie is sad you would say something like you know Susie has been yeah it's called the show don't
1: tell you know it's a technique called the show don't tell oh (laughs) okay so you show but don't tell yes and I think my books are much about feelings and um yeah because it's the way I am, I am a person I feel much, as I say, that I am a very empathic person, but I also feel like I think people's energy, I rarely get wrong with people. So, because I feel that the other person's energy and stuff, so I think uh, the feeling this is always the, the thing who guides the reader. But then, of course, it hap- things happen during the story, but there always is like this underlining of uh, what you feel and uh, how you process your feelings and stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I, I was was going for. Um, okay, and then so what? Uh, how are people going to get a hold of you? To where are they going to find your books? Where if they're going, you know, I, I need to read some of your books. I need to see yeah, what you're doing. How are they going to do that?
1: Yeah, as I told you before, they are not published yet yet because I started two days ago to submit into publisher the first one. And uh, this one I'm still writing. So uh, the books in Italian, yes, but they are not available anymore. And then they are in Italian. So uh, I hope, but it takes like, but sometimes I think for publishers just to read all the submission and stuff, I think it takes like four to six months. And, um, but I am on Instagram. I'm not much active, honestly, because I don't like social media much, but I try like to share the places I see here and the things that I do here. Also, because I want people to see that Cambodia, yes, it's still poor because there are many problems, like uh, uh, people who survived the landmines, but maybe they lost, I don't know, uh, an arm or a leg. You regularly see them and you see like kids asking for money or they go to collect like bottles, plastic bottles. And I think that they sell them for like, I don't know, $1 per day or something. So there are many issues. There are many NGOs like also working to, build the wealth because in the village there are still many people who are affected by bad water if you think about it you know we drink like i am just here <laughs> and it's yeah. a privilege so if you think really think about it also like living in a country like this i think it, if you are a certain kind of person i stress on this because i've seen so many tourists and so many experts they just come here to have uh, to meet uh, women, local women or just to get drunk in pub street. And of course, if you do something like that and nothing else, you don't really experience Cambodia. But if you go deep and if you have another mission, um, every day you feel blessed because you really see how the majority of people here live. Also, like those who have a job, sometimes it's like $200 per month for like a, uh, someone at the receptionist of a, of a hotel. I remember one of the first person I met was a guy in a he was working in a five-star resort and he said it was paid 185 dollars and i asked him you mean 1,800 and he said no no 108,005 dollars per month which is nothing that's why also yeah. families stay together because maybe a house costs i don't know 300 so there are of people working in the family and they stay together but if you think about it's you know you can compare with the money that we get for our jobs so it makes you feel so privileged and also think uh, I was thinking about this lately and I also wrote about it uh, on uh, facebook uh, like the passports that we have having an italian or an american or whatever western country passport especially for like people like me that come from europe we can go abroad just with the id card not even with the passport if we go like to france or spain or germany Oh. And yeah because we are Europe, we are part of the Europe so we can travel inside Europe without a visa without even a passport. You just use the ID card. And uh, if you think about it here many people don't even have a passport because they will never have the money to go to Europe or to the states. Many haven't been to Thailand or Vietnam. And also when I went to the refugee camp there were people including kids who were born in the camp, they didn't even have a birth certificate. So what do you do? You don't exist. So when you really think about it and you see this every day, you start to realize how privileged we are because we always say, I am so yeah, I know. No, you don't know until you actually, because it, it happened to me, until you actually spend a lot of time with these people and you say, why? I'm so lucky. I didn't deserve this. I didn't do anything special. So this is one of the messages that I try to share with people because I see especially this is also one of the reasons why i left italy i see that italy is going in a direction that i don't like the way they they see most of the people they see immigrations, they see refugees and also like uh, a general uh, behavior i think of hatred uh, also against each other also on social media and i don't like it so i think like uh, it's important to change the narrative because sometimes people don't realize that words are much, much important. Because if you talk about refugees and you always say refugees, you people get stuck that these people are refugees. But if you say their names, if you say she's a mother, he's a son, she's an engineer and stuff, and maybe she's I don't know, she she's not perfect, he's not perfect. You know, they're just people. So you have them realize that they are just like us It's not like a figure or something like that. So I think this is what also what I want to do with the books and in general with my writing and also with experience like this when I'm talking like to you.
0: yeah, I mean yeah, yeah we're uh, just people around the world you know yeah. It's uh in, in the simplest form and you know yeah we're yeah. we're not just yeah we're, we're not we're not just yeah what one box to check you know there there's all you know we're all a lot more complex but you know so much the same at the same time it's a lot more than just you know a, when you see a person or read read about a person you know it's more than you know you you know more when you see them and you're you're actually yeah, there with them and you know get to know them and you know then it's not just like if you see you know there's you know, 10,000 people that die in a war. You know, I don't, I don't know them. But then, yeah, you start saying, you know, you you know them, you know, that's, that's you know, guy down the street and that's, you know, that's the one who has the flower shop and that's, uh, you know, know, all that. So, um, okay, well, so yeah. Um, And social media is whatever i i social media is just it's not real social media is not real uh, yeah you're right. it's, yeah yeah it's i i stay away from it as much as i can um i like unfollow and mute everything and so i don't really see anything on there anyway if i do go on and you know i might post something every once in a while. so i'll post you know the. Uh, I'll post like my, my podcasts, but I don't do anything after that. I just I post it and leave it, and then whatever, whatever after that, and yeah, it's just you yeah, go out, go yeah.
1: Yeah, when Sorry. you travel like me, of course, because sometimes people open a travel blog or travel list from even before they bought the ticket to the plane, because now it's such a trend, you know, yeah. sometimes I follow some of these people because many come to travel around Southeast Asia. So I say, okay, maybe they post some beautiful place and I can get an inspiration. But then I realize it's so much about uh, wanting to please the others, even if you do something that seems authentic. But you still yeah. are searching for people approval because otherwise, why? Why don't you simply send the pictures to your family? I do. This is, as I said, I don't do it much because then we want when I have like the books. I hope, of course, to sell the books and also because I wanted to encourage people to um, to see these things I was talking about. But I realized that I don't really care, It's something that I sometimes force myself to do. And also, so I say, yeah. Sometimes I say, no. I, don't, I want to shut it out completely, and then I say, okay, but maybe I've seen a beautiful show like lately performed by Cambodian people and here. Cambodians—they are so talented, and especially if you think about during the Pol Pot regime, uh, the most of the artists were killed. So every time you see uh, a poet, uh, a dancer, anyone doing something artistic here, you know that it's like very, very important because uh, the because of what happened in the past so i want the people also in italy and in other countries to see them so i say okay maybe i publish on facebook or on instagram i don't have huge following but i have a little following so it's better than nothing that's why i yeah. do it but then i think in the end is not
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i, I a good way good way to go about the world and um yeah so yeah i want to say thank you for being on here thank and you. spending some time and getting to thank
1: talk with having. me.
0: Yeah. Not knowing what we we're gonna talk about, just going in. Not like mm-hmm. I just sit down and have a conversation with you. And that's yeah. that's what I like. You don't have to nothing nothing's forced. It's just yeah, you're you're good and easy to talk to with. And so I, I appreciate that. And so and yeah, thank you everybody listening. Uh over there, thank whoever, you.
1: yeah. I hope my English was good enough because it's not easy to express all these feelings and those these ideas when you're not a native English
0: speaker. And so. you, you're doing just about as well as I'm doing, so yeah, <laughs> thank I, you. I, it'll be it'll be good for the listeners. So um, yeah, so thank you. And that thank is you. the show man, I think.